This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, today is National Signing Day, and while I don't like National Signing Day, uh, I do like talking to Butch Davis. Butch Davis, the head coach at FIU. It's his first National Signing Day with FIU. He's on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Source guest line. Truly steps beyond convenience. Uh, Butch, always good talking to you. Good morning. Do you have the uh, is the adrenaline flowing this morning for you on your first national signing date at FIU? Yeah, absolutely. As you can imagine, Brett can testify. Uh, showing up this morning, I think I got to the office probably about five o'clock. Put my eye black on, got my ankles taped, uh, got ready for the day. You know. Well, and, and so, so what's so what's this day like? Are you sitting by the fax machine? Like, like how does this work for you this morning? Well, you used to. I mean, obviously, uh, in the old days, you used to sit by the fax machine, which it, it is still being used. Uh, but now the NCAA obviously has changed to where uh, kids can actually take pictures of the national letter of intent on their cell phone, and they can actually forward it to you. And uh, you know, so there's two different ways that they can actually send it back to the school, and uh, eventually you'll get the hard copy through the fax machine. But they, uh, uh, it officially becomes official if they send a picture of it. And so. This morning at 7 o'clock, you know, the phones, uh, the assistant coaches were blowing up as uh, kids were sending in their NIL. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's the next generation. Uh, I don't know where the fax machines will become obsolete in the next couple of years, but uh, it was good to start getting them rolling in at 7 o'clock this morning. So how does that work? So for the majority, everybody's already sent their stuff in and they're saying, you know, you guys, you guys have a list of who is coming and who is not coming. Is there going to be any surprises? Is there anybody down to the wire that you guys are waiting on? You know, uh, to be honest with you, yeah, there's one or two kids that uh, we've kind of been in a dogfight with some schools, and, uh, you know, the kids went to bed last night. They wanted to sleep on it, and, uh, you know, you you hope that you win those. You hope that you end up being 50-50 with them, but uh, until the kids and their parents come to a final conclusion overnight. But for the most part, to be honest with you, over 90% of the kids were locked up. We knew who we were going to get, you know, when we went to bed last night, and now it's just a matter of, you know, the kids having the opportunity to have the, the ceremony at the school where, you know, they're having it on stage with a lot of their teammates, uh, the principals, the coaches, a lot of the administrators at the high schools get a chance to have a little bit of a celebration. And, you know, and then we'll officially start getting those things uh, back in throughout the rest of the morning. But, uh, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. We're obviously we're streaming live. We have a uh, a show on the internet that uh, where we're showing highlights of all of the players as they come in, as their faxes and their their text email or emails come in, and uh, so we're showing those. We've got assistant coaches talking about each of the individual players uh, as their you know, NLI comes in, and so uh, there's no shortage of things going on here in the building. So much like life, everything changes, times change, recruiting changes, and methods of recruiting change. Are you all about the dog and pony show, or are you one of those old school guys that is just like, look, you need to come here, you want to play football, you want to do things right, you want to win football games, come Mm -hmm. hang out. 
Yeah, you know what, Brett, to be honest with you, I mean, obviously there has to be a little bit of glitz and glamour associated with your program, and that kind of, you know, comes with all the upgraded things that we're doing from a facility standpoint. I mean, we're doing a ton of stuff here. Brand-new cafeteria for the players, new players' lounge. We're renovating and doing some stuff in the strength and conditioning room throughout the offices, uh, two new practice fields, a new field on the on the game field with a new jumbotron, but separate from that, then you get into the X's and O's, and you really try to you know, convince the kid that, hey, look, what we're going to do schematically and the assistant coaching staff that we've assembled are going to help you become the best player that you can absolutely be. Uh, we've got a great strength and conditioning program, uh, Chad Smith and Andrew Swayze and that whole staff. Uh, there may not be a better group of guys anywhere in the, in the country. And uh, kids, you know, they resonate to that because they realize that that's a big part of the development. And then certainly, you know, in a short amount of time, Brad, and you know what it is. I mean, you're, you're, you know, recruiting is relationships. And, man, how quick can you build a trust and a relationship with the family, with the player, with the high school coach? And, and certainly uh, I think that we've done a very good job in a short amount of time, and it's only going to get better over the next couple of years. Who was a kid, Butch? Uh, Butch Davis here with us, head coach, FIU football. Who was the kid? And let's let's do it with Miami just because, you know, that's where we have the best memories of you here. Uh, who, who was the kid with the University of Miami that you were trying, like, the hardest to recruit and were just so proud that you landed him? Oh, Lord. I mean, back then, I mean, there was a, a ton of guys. I mean, it seemed like almost every year there was, you know, a half a dozen guys that were programmed – makers uh you know and then you can go back and and some of them were very very under recruited i mean people don't realize you know and they do after the fact after he became a first guy like santana moss at carroll city they went 15 and 0 uh his high school year but he was completely under recruited uh, i think in his senior year he had less than 10 catches in his senior year so a lot of people didn't realize what a, you know a potential impact type of a player that he was uh, there were a lot of guys that, uh, you know, flew under the radar. Ed Reed and Reggie Wayne may have fallen into that category. The, the gentleman that you're sitting next to uh, may not have been a better offensive line signee than Brett was when he came in. And, you know, back in those days, you know, and just still today, we, there was the beginning of the star rating and those kinds of things. We really didn't care because we knew, you know, he was a fabulous player and, and, and was going to be a great leader and obviously went on to have a terrific uh, career in the National Football League. So, uh, you know, for me personally, throughout my entire coaching career, I've looked at players and tried to, you know, envision what could they become in year one, two, three, and four. And, uh, you know, I don't get infatuated with the stars. I've seen way, way, way too many four- and five-star players that were absolute busts. And they never really developed. Uh, they felt like they didn't need to improve from their high school years. And subsequently, four years later, they were about the same player that they were in high school. So, for me, it's more about the type of kid is is willing to work, uh, you know, how much he wants to be coached, how much he's willing to sacrifice to be a part of the team. And, and uh, usually you, you make good choices if you use a lot of those uh, you know, characteristics to select your players. Now, now, Butch, you mentioned Brett there, okay? And, yeah. and, and, and you know, one one of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, all offensive lineman high school up there in Canada, and you guys recruited yep. him, obviously had a great career college and uh, pro. But when, when you first discovered him when he was in high school, were you concerned at all 
at how short his arms are. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, obviously, Richard Mercier was the first Canadian offensive lineman that I got in 1995. And then subsequently, over the next couple of years, you know, we started trying to get one or two every year, and, and Brett being one of them. And what a lot of people don't realize is, is Brett's versatility. I can remember, you know, he was a, he could have been a fabulous interior player as a center and as an offensive guard, but he actually ended up having to play left tackle, and uh, and and he did a fabulous job. And he, and, you know, his technique was good, but you know, his guts, his determination, his competitiveness. I mean, he was not going to go out and be on an island as a left tackle and let anybody abuse him. I mean, he was going to go out there and dominate them just like he did on the inside. And yeah, if we're fortunate enough over the next four or five years to get a dozen Brett Lombards, we're going to be pretty hey, damn good. But you, you, you definitely go. had to pull the visor off and wipe your forehead when you realized that I had to go in at left tackle in Micron PC. No, never any doubt. Never any doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Who was a kid that you, that you were disappointed that you couldn't convince that you knew was going to be a star and you came clo- close, but he just he, he went somewhere else? You know what? I, I probably the story that it, it is most resonates with me that would fall into that category was when I was an assistant coach at Miami, and we actually thought that we were going to get the defensive player of the year um, as a defensive lineman. And uh, the night before National Signing Day, he actually decommitted, chose to go someplace else, and he was he was everybody's version of the next superstar as far as the defensive lineman. And we'd had a lot of really good ones with Jerome Brown and Cortez Kennedy and a lot of those kind of guys. And subsequently, we ended up after two, three months after National Signing Day, stumbling on a guy that nobody had offered. And uh, was, I think he was being recruited as a walk-on to a couple of, of uh, smaller-level schools. And we ended up taking him. And uh, lo and behold, he ended up winning the – the uh, Lombardi Trophy, and uh, he ended up being a first-round draft choice, helped Miami win two national championships and the Dallas Cowboys uh, to win three Super Bowls, and that was Russell Maryland. So uh, just, you know, the guys that sometimes you lose, uh, you know, if you lose them, sometimes you end up finding somebody that really fits the program and becomes a better player. It's a pretty good consolation prize there. Yeah, Russell yeah, Maryland's well, you know, a good one, yeah. yeah Russell yeah, Maryland. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, let's ask you an obligatory Super Bowl question here, Butch. Uh, you went through this process a few times, yep. you know, with the Cowboys. Was this week a nuisance for you and Jimmy Johnson? Like, it's it's so different from what you're normally accustomed to. Well, you know, the first the first Super Bowl, uh, it was Super Bowl 27. We played Buffalo for the first time. And we actually had two weeks to get ready for the game, which was an unbelievable advantage for us because of Jim Kelly and the K-Gun. And, and they were the first kind of really super up-tempo type of offense that we had faced. And uh, so the two weeks of preparation really helped us game plan defensively to kind of get prepared for it. Uh, the, and, and it was almost like, you know, it was almost like a miracle because you had not been to a Super Bowl before that. So you're winning games, you, you know, you're staying focused. And you know, obviously we were very talented. And uh, the players really realized how critically important, because you never know if you're ever going to get a second chance. And, uh, you know, so their focus on preparation was outstanding. We were fortunate. We won the game, blew Buffalo out. The second one, uh, Super Bowl 28, that was played in Atlanta, ironically was the year that there wasn't two weeks of preparation. I mean, we literally played uh, the 49ers, and uh, the very next week we're in Atlanta. So it happened so fast, you didn't have, you didn't hardly even have time to be distracted because it was just the game's over with on, on Sunday against the 49ers. Uh, we loaded planes, I think, that night and actually flew to Atlanta 
Uh, we'd already shipped a bunch of the things that you needed in preparation for that. We got there, and, and next thing you know, you know, you, we didn't even watch the game from the previous week, and we just delve in. And fortunately, we were playing Buffalo that we had played in the Super Bowl previously, and we'd opened the season that season. I think we played Buffalo in game two, so the familiarity really helped us in preparation. But, uh, you know, the Super Bowl, is a, it's a magical thing. It's uh, one of those things, if you ever play, you ever coach, you never dream that – you might get that opportunity, and for me to have a chance to to be in two of them is just, um, you know, it's something that you obviously, uh, you know, you just think about, and you're just very fortunate to have been in that situation. Somebody that's been in that situation quite a bit is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and I'm wondering, uh, asking you, if you were in Bill Belichick's shoes and you have a one of the most elite, probably the best ever quarterback to ever play the football game, or the game of football, sorry, um, Tom Brady wants to retire. When he retires, do you walk away with him in the sunset, or do you stay? <laughs> That's an interesting question, Brett. I mean, obviously, I know, I know Bill uh, from having coached in the NFL and stuff, and he is such an unbelievably fierce competitor. Uh, you know, if they win this weekend, uh, uh, you know, I don't see either of them calling it quits after this weekend. I think Tom's already gone on record saying, you know, he wants to play until he's 42, 43, 44. He may play longer than uh, even George Blanda played for the Raiders as a kicker and a backup quarterback. And, uh, you know, but eventually, you know, at some point in time, I, I could see a scenario where they both mutually say, okay, enough's enough. We've won seven Super Bowls and uh, we're going to step away. But who knows? I mean, uh, Bill loves the competitiveness. I mean, he is totally ingrained in, in what he's been able to build it in New England. And uh, so, You'd hate to speak for them, but, uh, you know, I, they've done a fabulous job. Are you concerned at all with National Signing Day coming down to the wire today when you saw Lane Kiffin's recruiting video at FAU? <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, I don't pay any attention. i got I got too many things on my plate worried about our program and the kids that we're recruiting to pay any attention to really anybody else. It'll be interesting to tomorrow to take a look at uh, – you know, the signees of uh, teams in our conference and teams throughout the state of Florida and how they did, but uh, I haven't had a chance to see anything on anybody else. Yeah, I figured you're well, right. You, I, I, you're kid, I kid, coach. Little, I kid. If you're needing a good little chuckle later on this afternoon, and you do have a few minutes of downtime. He's busy. He's I busy. Suggest, uh, I suggest putting that thing up a little bit. For He's a busy. <laughs> I, I will take, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. Very good. Uh, best of luck today, Coach. We always love Thanks, talking guys. to you. Thanks, yeah, Butch. It's great to be with you. You bet. All Have right. a great day. Thank S- you. See you, Coach. That's Butch Davis right there. Uh, <laughs> you loved that I asked that. <laughs> I started losing it. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.